Hi, and thank you for tuning in to the Mind Affinity podcast. Today is part two of my chat with James Chisholm. By all means, go back and check out part one on mindaffinity.co.uk forward slash podcast. Or listen to this part two first. Why not? Who says you have to do everything in the order that it's been created? So here's the introduction. The mind is capable of amazing things, and yet so many people use that immense power to hold themselves back. Imagine what you could achieve harnessing that power and using it to push yourself forward. This is the Mind Affinity Podcast, the place for advice and inspiration to help you empower yourself. Hi, James. Hi, Duncan. (laughs) Thanks for staying and carrying on this conversation. That's absolutely fine. (laughs) So we spoke last time, just to recap for those people who haven't listened or listened, and it's a whole week since then. we spoke about how you've had some experiences with mental health challenges um, along the way. We spoke about some of the lessons you've learned from that, how some of the biggest things were just don't do it on your own, reach out, talk to people, ask for help. Yeah. Um, and that's true in business and in your personal life. And when dealing with mental health challenges, basically whatever it is, whatever you're doing, if you're struggling with something, ask for help. Yeah, There's going to be absolutely. someone out there that has, either more experience and the ability to help you or just by talking to them you'll be able to see it in a different way or think about things differently yeah definitely and one of the things that you spoke about was uh you, you said you you did a like an nhs checklist and scored really high for yes. uh depression and anxiety what was there anything on that list that stood out to you that that surprised you or that you didn't realize was part of that situation so the only thing i remember about that now is the one question that i uh i i answered in what would be seen as being a good manner um which was uh, had i had any suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. um and that for me was absolutely not um hadn't had those thoughts um and that was the only question that wasn't like on the high side of things so when i talk about having high numbers on it literally every other question was the highest it could be um and that was the only one that sort of dragged that number the total number down um and that's the only question that i remember from that um just on the basis of you know it was the only one that was the opposite direction to everything else i see that's and and that's an interesting question actually i'm I'm kind of glad that that's the only one you remember because it gives me a chance to talk about it um because I, I see a lot of clients and one of the biggest hurdles that I find people need to overcome for themselves to reach out for help is when they're answering yes to that question. Yeah, absolutely. because they feel like if they turn around to a mental health specialist, whether that's someone private like myself or through their GP, their NHS and say, I'm having suicidal thoughts. There's a lot of preconception that that means that, you know, the men, the men in white coats are going to turn up and take you away. And that is just not how it works. Now there's a a world of difference between having intent and having thoughts. Yeah. And so for me within my business, my, uh, the way I deal with that and I make this really, really clear with any client that I'm working with on a one-to-one basis is that, everything that's discussed with me stays completely confidential. 
the only exception, unless it's through your express permission, the only exceptions to that would be if I feel or believe that you are in immediate, at immediate risk of causing real harm to yourself or others. Yeah. So having suicidal thoughts isn't going to make me turn around and go, oh, that's it. I need to call your doctor. I need to yeah. inform people. No, it's normal and surprisingly common for people who are not struggling as badly as many people do with, with mental health challenges for people to have thoughts about that kind of thing. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't mean that you're going to do it. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to have to call anyone. And even if I did, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to go down any route scarier yeah. than that. Yeah. It's much better that you reach out and talk about it while you've got a chance to do something about it and be proactive and move forward on things. Yeah. And I say, bizarrely, the only time that that sort of really came into any sort of, um, sort of, focus for me um was um sort of reverted back to a really um sort of uh, i can't even think of the word sort of like a non-conversation type uh, situation where um we bought a house christ was it a couple of years before or something like that? maybe 18 months before or something um before everything started going really really badly wrongly um and the woman who'd sold us the mortgage for it had um gone through basically the insurance that we were buying alongside it so the life insurance and all that sort of stuff um and she pointed out that everything was covered so if either of us passed away that the house would be paid off in full um so that wasn't any of that sort of um issues to to deal with as well um apart from suicide which wasn't covered within the first 18 months or two years or something like that. Um, and that date came up as I was suffering really badly with my depression. And that was the only time when that date came up and, and was triggered. I suddenly thought back to that really no, sort of non-conversation where it was sort of joked about to some extent um, that actually that's when it was sort of like, oh, right, okay, so I could go down that route and everything will get paid off and it'll be sort sorted and you know i wouldn't be a burden on anybody else again and that was only it was only like a fleeting thought like you say but probably actually at that time i probably didn't think about telling anybody about it because i did think like you just said that probably the men in white coats will come and you know bundle me off and and that won't be a good situation for my family so i'll keep quiet about that and, and not mention it and didn't mention it at all for probably you know uh, probably another three years or something like that before I really started talking about that side of things. Um, you know, and, and just to say for anyone out there that is listening that, that that's genuinely concerned or at risk. Um, I've, I've known people who have had, you know, and it's, 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 a, it's said in jest, but you know, the men in white suits, it's not men in white suits, but I have, worked with clients and had friends who have gone through that point where they've been sectioned, um, where they've got the support that they needed. And they look back on that and say, generally speaking, they're pretty honest about saying it was not a fun time. They did not enjoy it and it wasn't a nice environment to be in, but they are so glad that they took that step. They're so glad that they ended up there because they got the help that they needed. Yeah, absolutely it's not uncommon for there to be a much um, longer journey uh, after that point. 
but that bit's much more enjoyable. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's not as scary as you might imagine. And if that's what it takes to get you to a point where you can move forward and, and actually be happy, you know, yeah. um, and, and create the life kind of life that you want for yourself and for those around you, it's worth it. And, and that's, that's the theme that comes out time and time again, when I speak to people about it. Yeah. Over all of that, what would you say has been the biggest challenge either related to that or otherwise, what's been the biggest challenge in your life that you've successfully overcome? Um, I think it's probably the biggest challenge for me, actually, when I look at it is being able to be open about stuff um and that's just because my personality or whatever it is my upbringing or whatever that whatever creates that environment is that i'm sort of naturally quite quiet and reserved especially with people i don't know i tend not to be that way once i get to know people people listen to this and know me and think that that's complete rubbish but um for example the you know the lockdown that we've been going through actually the the first lockdown where everybody was locked down for me that was really actually quite nice because it was like giving me what i like which is staying in not doing very much and you know all of that sort of stuff that i naturally sort of like to do but everybody was having to do it so it wasn't like i was um you know uh, i can't think of the word um but yeah like out of kilter with everybody else and you know being a grumpy you know guy who just wants to stay in and not talk to anybody um it was sort of the same for everybody so that was quite nice for me so i think that's one of the biggest things from my point of view is the fact that actually now that isn't necessarily the default sort of position for me it is naturally where i like to sit but I quite regularly now have, you know, uh, conversations, talk to people a lot more than I used to do in the past, which is great for me because that's definitely helpful um, in terms of helping me along on a personal level, um, helping me with my business um, and all that sort of stuff, um, just to throw ideas out there and, mm. you know, uh, have, have other people's opinions on it. Um, but also, I think. Uh, tied in with that was that I was very um, aware, very um, hung up on what other people thought about me, hmm. which I'm much less now. I'm I'm not completely, you know, don't care what people think. That just isn't the way that I am. Um, do, do you and, know what? There's there's a there's a a very persistent and persuasive belief out there inspired by many inspirational quotes on Facebook um, that, that you shouldn't care what other people think. Mm. And I'm not a fan of should or shouldn't in general anyway, but especially in a scenario like this, it, it, on the surface, that sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. Why would you care what anyone else thinks? But we do. Yeah, <laughs> we do. And having that expectation that you shouldn't, that, that, 
that that means you're closing down and and refusing to acknowledge how you feel about a situation. Yeah. It's okay to feel however you feel. I mean, that's something I say in in so many situations. But worrying about what someone else thinks is all right. The key is whether or not you choose to allow that to impact your your reaction, your actions, your inactions, etc. Um, yeah. So, so it's okay to to be aware of how other people think the next step is that you can choose how you react to that. So, you know, for example, I'm, you know, am I worried what another, what a complete stranger thinks of me? Well, realistically in a big sense, no, but ultimately in the moment, yeah, there's a part of me that is because I'm a human and we all have that desire to fit in. We all, you know, it's a, it's a, survival thing as much as anything else but being aware that that's a feeling and that that's an impulse allows me to choose whether i'm going to give in pay attention to that or not whether i'm going to allow it to influence my behaviors or not if you said duncan what you did then i don't really agree with um and you know i'm I think ill of you for that or whatever it might be, or, or I dislike that action, then yeah, of course that matters because you matter to me. You're a friend of mine and I care about your opinion. But that, yeah. So, so yeah, um, it's good to take a step back from and not allow your reactions and actions to be dictated by people whose opinion doesn't matter to you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like you wouldn't if you wouldn't take advice from someone fr- from that person then why do you care what their opinion is yeah yeah so if you wouldn't take advice from a complete stranger unless you knew of their credentials and why yeah. they're giving that advice so their opinion on whether or not you look silly wearing what you're wearing is no business of yours yeah yeah and uh, that was a big thing for me when i came out of the corporate world into my self-employment i didn't think anybody would take me seriously wearing a hoodie and jeans like i'm wearing at the moment um it took me a long while to get over that perception of the fact that 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 would be something that would happen and and yeah don't get me wrong there will be people who won't want to work with me because i'm not wearing a suit and you know what they expect to see and and exactly that's exactly it so this this is something that gets spoken about again similar to part one we can equate running a business to 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 running your life i'm doing air quotes for those listening to the podcast um in the from a marketing perspective you don't want to attract everyone Actually, you want to repel the people that aren't the right fit for your business. And and a business generally will be much more successful in its marketing if it makes it clear that this is who I am, this is who I work with. And and people who don't fit that may be put off by that, but that's okay because they're not your target market. They're not who you want to be working with. That's not who that your product has or service has been developed for. Um, And I think it's the same thing in life. If if people are going to think less of you because you're wearing jeans and a hoodie or because you love singing karaoke, well, do you know what? Go and spend time with other people who love singing karaoke. Like, Don't waste your time with those people who are going to drag you down questioning the way you choose to spend your life. If someone doesn't like you, it's very easy to take that personally. It's not about you. It's about them. It's like, I was, I was 
talking to someone the other day who, who's um, recently been through a breakup and, and they were saying how, you know, they took it very personally. They felt like they weren't good enough and they had been rejected. I was like, well, the thing is when you break it down and, and this was a very specific and clear example of it, which made it easy is that that person had a specific set of values that was very different to the person I was talking to. Um, so what's important to that person, as in the, 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 the person who had ended the relationship, yeah. um, what's important to that person is boxes that aren't even on your list of importance. Yeah. Yeah. So whether or not you tick them shouldn't matter to you because they're not your values. You don't care about that. It's him that cares about that. So that doesn't mean you're less of a person. It doesn't mean you're worthless. It just yeah. means that your worth and your value doesn't match up with what he's looking for. It's like, you yeah. know, is, is, a, is an iPhone better than a Samsung? Well, I personally prefer an iPhone. Yeah. I'm an Android user. You so. personally <laughs> prefer an Android, a, a pink one, no doubt. Um, it's purple. the rest of your branding. It's so, all purple. <laughs> so, so, you know, yes, there will be some fundamentals where this is better for that reason and this is better for that reason, but ultimately, whether or not it does the job that the user wants it to do and whether or not the experience that the user is experiencing is what matters as to whether the phone is well received or not. Yeah, I would say for me in my business, it's a natural filter now. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And do you think Steve Jobs spent oh, exactly. nights awake worrying about whether or not people liked his phone more than, yeah. or, or a Mac more than a Windows computer? No, he didn't. Yeah. He focused on the people that are going to love what he wants to love and create and, and vice versa. Okay, James, time for me to ask you a more difficult question. Okay. What are you really good at? What's your greatest strength? Ah, uh, you see, this isn't. Uh, this, I was going to come on to this with the whole not worrying about what people think um, side of things, and the fact that I'm better now at admitting what I'm good at and things like that, and taking compliments. Um, but when I was way back before I started doing a lot of work on myself, I was worrying far too much about what people thought and never wanting to take the praise. Um, I always remember back in my corporate life, um, we used to finish early on um, the last day before Christmas um, and get all the staff into uh, one ring together, thank them for the work they've done that year and everything like that. And I would make every effort to get everybody into that room and then suddenly find something that I had to do that meant that I wasn't in that room. And the reason for that was I knew that I was going to get thanks for the work that I'd done. And I didn't want to have that situation because I don't particularly feel comfortable in it or didn't. Um, I'm, uh, I think probably when I look at it, I'm, I'm very good at what I do um, in terms of my work. Uh, I'm very good at putting it into a language which people understand. Uh, and I think that's probably one of my main strengths. Um, and beyond that, um, and probably part of what I lack a little bit in terms of being self-employed now, um, is that I think that I'm a very good um, leader, people manager. Um, I always used to do very well at that in my corporate life. I think that's where I am 
now in terms of the coaching side of things with the kids. Um, uh, I, I, I hope um, that I have a, a good balance between uh, pushing them to, to be better at what they're doing whilst also making sure that they all enjoy it. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I've be, become probably more aware of um, with one of my teams as they've grown up to being into becoming teenagers uh, and that sort of very um, sort of probably turbulent part of their life um, in terms of what they're going through. Um, but being able to deal with, you know, 15, 12, 13, 14 year olds, all going through, all going through different, you know, stages of their um, adolescence and all that sort of thing. Um, and being able to deal with each one of them on, on a, in a way that makes them better uh, and feel better within themselves. Um, and it is absolutely, I can think of the players that I've got and how each one of them needs a different manager, essentially, mm. coach, different coach to get the best out of them. Um, and I do treat them in different ways in terms of interacting with them to, to get the best out of them. Um, Thankfully, I think they they all enjoy <laughs> me being their coach. Yeah, definitely. I suppose I'm I'm a different therapist depending on the client and who I'm working with. There there was someone uh, a couple of days ago where I was I was mean. I was mean. <gasps> yeah, can't believe it. Well, they needed it. And well, you know I can't. They, they you thanked know, me for it and they really appreciated it. You no, know, I can believe it because you keep saying that my brand's pink and that's been going on for years. And that's mean. <laughs> But it is pink. It's not. It's purple. <laughs> well, I guess we'll just agree to disagree. <laughs> so, so yeah, you're yeah, um, and I, I think there's there's probably other applications for that as well. You know, it, it can be hard sometimes to question you know, who am I, who's the real Duncan, or who's the real James, um, and that's partly because you will adjust yourself to suit different circumstances and situations, and that's not. You know, that's not to say that you're not being true to yourself, but, you know, the, the, the Duncan that's going to have a conversation with his niece and nephew or, or the boys at home or whatever, I'm going to talk very differently or kind of differently to them. Well, definitely differently to them than I would if I was down the pub, you know, which is going to be different again to how I would speak to. Yeah. And... Uh... I find that in, in in my line of work, you know, there's there's times um, and HMRC springs to mind where I need to be the nice guy who's trying we, to get. We some... almost went for two entire podcast episodes without <laughs> even saying those four letters. <laughs> Nearly, um, but there's times when I need to be the nice guy who's trying to get them to help me, and then there's other times where I've had to go on phone calls and be really forceful about what I'm trying to get across and what I'm trying to say because I'm I'm so confident in what I'm saying is right and what they're trying to you know get past me or a client I don't I fundamentally don't believe is right um that you do have to be a different different person mm -hmm. and I've, I've played that role and it, it always felt a little bit like a role to me because I don't think that um, uh, sort of 
we always used to call it in my corporate life, um, good cop, bad cop. Um, so when we were chasing for money, my assistant would always be the good cop and I would always be the bad cop. And that was on the basis that um, she would ring up um, and talk to the her counterpart at the other side. Um, and one of the tips that I always give people is if you're dealing with big companies and accounts departments is get to know the person at the other side. Mm understand you know if they've got little johnny who plays football at the weekend if you get them in that conversation first they're much more likely to do what you want them to do when you come to that question of so we've got this invoice that needs paying Mm. can you get it sorted for me um but we'd always sort of layer that on with the fact that if it, it was coming from a place of she wasn't really wanting to ask this person to get it paid but her boss the bad cop yeah. was sitting just in the other office and giving her earache about not getting the money in mm. um and then suddenly that situation becomes i don't really want to ask you but you know we've got bad cop over there uh, and so occasionally you did have to sort of come wading in um and play that role of being the bad cop to, to try mm. and get things done um but like you say is you know there's different situations where you have to be almost a different version of yourself to to get to where you want to be where you need to be see i i i I get that completely appreciate that understand why that works and and why you would use that in in that scenario but it, it took me back to a time when when i was in management and my my boss uh who was a so he, he would have been a, an operations director um at the time uh said right we're, we're implementing this this is this is how it needs to work and this is what we need to do and i went i, I kind of questioned a couple of points on it and he yep. explained why i get it it's my job to toe the line with it i'll do that um and uh and he said to me you're, i know you're going to get resistance from this but you know just just tell them that it's coming from me and i said no no, I'm not going to do that because if I then go to my team and you know, at that point, that would be me going to, excuse me, going to my managers and saying to them, you need to get the staff to buy into this. Um, but you know, I'm only doing it because my boss told me yeah. to, well, no, that's not how you harbor a good working relationship with people. Exactly. That's not how I work. Like that's fine. If other people want to do that. Yeah. Um, and instead, what I did with this one particular thing that I'm thinking of at the time was I spoke to every member of staff. Um, and and in, in some cases that because shift patterns and stuff, um, I had to de- de- deliver the message elsewhere, another way first and then follow up with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I spoke to each member of staff and said, look, this is why this is the purpose behind it. This is the point of it. Yeah. This is why I'm on board with it. Because... Yeah that was my job. Right. <laughs> um, and because I was on board with those reasons for it and the stuff that I wasn't on board with, I would share those concerns with my team and I'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah th- th- I get that. Let's do it this way. Let's do it the way we've got to do it. Um, and I genuinely believe that if we follow through on that and we get the results we're anticipating getting from it, we can then feed back why we want to do it differently in the future. And they're far more likely to listen if we've all worked together with that common goal than if, oh, I don't really agree with this, but Fred said we had to, so let's do it. Because then nothing's going to change and nothing's going to get better, you know? Um, And although that takes longer, (laughs) definitely, to begin with, um, 
I think you get much more buy-in and respect when you're delivering something new further down the line. Yeah. If you've yeah. got that level of and I think with sort of leadership and, and stuff like that. In that it's different when it's your own team to when yeah, you're contacting. Yeah. yeah, but I think in in general, in, in leadership, in in whether it's you know in corporate life or whether it's when you're in a, a, like a team situation like i have with the basketball um i think that as a as a leader of whatever team it is that you're in um that actually listening and not just listening because you have to yeah is yeah. absolutely key now i will never say that you know I'm going to listen. I'm going to take everything on board and then do everything that somebody wants me to do. Because at the end of the day, if I'm the person charging in the responsibility of it, and I still don't believe that that's going to change things the way that those people think it's going to change things. Maybe it's because I've got a bigger picture of things and all that sort of stuff. I'm not going to say that you're going to sway me every single time, but if you really listen and I really try to listen every single time especially now with uh, the basketball side of things is listen to my players and listen to what they're saying to me then actually we get to collectively get to a better position because i'm actually listening to what they're saying um and quite often because they know that i'm actually listening to what they're saying they will tell me what the situation is but they will also completely trust in the fact that i have listened to what they said and if i don't implement whatever it is that they want me to implement that i've done it for a reason that they may not see right there and then and there's been a few times where like i say i've seen the bigger picture for something and i haven't changed something for one reason or another and then collectively you see afterwards sort of like right okay so now we know why that happened and all that sort of stuff but that's come from a position of being where my players and previously in the past my teams have seen that i absolutely do listen to them when they've got something to say yeah yeah yeah. sorry i drifted off there i wasn't listening what was that (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny oh you you ought to be like a stand-up comedian or something like that you know well people do laugh at me so uh they're laughing at you or with you uh definitely at me yeah Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's something different, mate. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, in that case, uh, as we come to the end of this uh, really lovely chat, um, if you had the entire world as your audience right now... You could say, what, if they were all in my bubble, as we were talking about previously? Uh, yes, if they were all in my <laughs> bubble. Not necessarily. You could be broadcasting to them, I don't know, say, like on a podcast. On a podcast. All right, yeah. okay. Uh, so let's imagine for a moment the whole world is listening. Yes. What one message would you want to share with the world right now? Crikey, that's a big question. Mm. Um, it'd be something along the lines of just sort of enjoy yourselves. And... Just just on the basis that if you're not enjoying something, then change it. Um, and, you know, that can come on a- any sort of level of scale of things. Um, but, yeah, just if you're not enjoying something, change something. Um, 
on reflection, I'm surprised that it's actually taken us this long to 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 touch on this as a topic because I know that something that's really important to you in life is to have fun and have a laugh and enjoy yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um and Yes, he is an accountant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's probably where it doesn't come across when people sort of meet me, uh, that I would you know fall into that category of being an accountant i mean there's people that thought i was a printer and all sorts of things other than being an accountant because printers are known for being fun well yeah i don't know accountants obviously obviously uh, that's the case um but yeah i i I, it's like here we are recording a a professional (laughs) podcast i almost kept a straight face as i said that but here we are reporting a recording a podcast you know it's a a chance for you obviously it's a very personal kind of podcast but it's also a chance for you to promote your business and and yet while we're doing this you can still pretend that your branding's purple you know when we all know (laughs) it is absolutely purple and anybody who's listening can go to my website and look at the fact that it is purple and what would that website be james no don't you dare put the one that you doctor to be in pinking um but yeah i i just don't see the point of um everything being um you know super serious all the time uh, there's times and places to be serious don't get me wrong um but if it's appropriate and it's not disrespectful and stuff like that i would much rather be having fun um doing everything that i do than it being boring and um you know uh, stuck in the mud sort of thing so um and even accountancy can be can be fun um and i think i'm proof of that pudding that yorkshire pudding yeah. james thank you very much for coming on the show it's been great having you here and uh, i look forward to catching up with you soon if people want to find out more what where where should they go uh so my website is uh com um you can find everything there um on social media um yeah search for meshy consultants um and you'll find me on most things although i don't use some of them that much um or search my name um and if you don't find a rugby player then you'll probably find me excellent james thanks so much and i'll speak to you again soon yeah speak to you soon mate